Hulk Smash. You're listening to Infinity Rewatch with Andrew Fantasia and Ryan J. Whitehead as they rewatch the MCU in full and discuss like no one else. This podcast is inevitable. Here are Andrew and Ryan J. Whitehead. All right, thank you, Aaron, for that introduction. Here we are again. So good. This is the big one, Ryan. This is the big one. I actually, I want to see if I can play this for you. I I hopped on GarageBand and I tried to write a theme song for for Infinity Rewatch, which is what the show is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Infinity Rewatch. And play the intro. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. It, it, I, I sent it to James, and I'm like, "Here, use this for our intro music," but it wouldn't open. So I don't know. I'm gonna try to send it to you and see if we can do it, and maybe we'll have worked it out. And by the time you hear this episode, it will be our normal intro. But just in case, I'm gonna play it now. Well, speaking of theme songs, I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew, and this is Infinity Rewatch. Yeah, you're damn right. And it is. we are now. There came a day like any other. Introducing the Avengers. I'm so happy we get to talk about Earth Girls Are Easy. That's, that's the topic of this episode. <laughs> you just find anything. Man, you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> I love how that's your go-to. So, okay, so um, this is a this is a big, big mm-hmm. event. This and it's funny because um it's funny because these this movie was like a groundbreaking game changer. Yes. Not only that, well, we were big fans of Whedon at this time, and mm-hmm. Whedon was cast. Or uh, sorry, now I'm saying casted. <laughs> he, he, uh, Whedon was uh, hired as the director for this film, and Whedon is a huge comic book fan, like huge. Joss Whedon is. Um Back at the time when this came out, you're right. It was he was in sort of a heyday where I would, if you would have asked me in 2012, who's your favorite writer, I would have said Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, I have just since discovered writers who I feel have done what Whedon does, but better. But at the time, like he just he strikes the perfect balance of making he can make you laugh and make you cry in the same scene, and he is absolutely magnificent at doing that yes and yes, he is he, he takes that and like he he could apply that to any kind of storytelling but because he's he's a guy like us who loves these kind of things he's like i want to make shows about vampires and i want to make comic books and like he wrote a run of astonishing x-men that's apparently one of the best x-men runs out there i have read some of it but and this is like a 10 year old run at this point maybe even more but yeah he is a he's plugged into comics he almost wrote wonder woman and then it didn't get made. Yeah. His version didn't get made. Uh, no, but he did get to do, or he is doing Batgirl. So, he is doing Batgirl. Yeah, and uh, he sort of directed Justice League. That's a whole... That's a yeah. that's an ugly conversation. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay. So, this film was huge. So, my brother and I went to see this uh, Avengers film. And, oh my God. So, first of all, the cast is crazy. Now, they introduced at Comic-Con the cast, the dream cast, if mm. you will, 
for this Avengers movie. They literally just brought out a Sega Dreamcast on the stage and was like, here it is, everybody. <laughs> here it is, Dreamcast. Um, so the the Dream Team uh, that came out. Now, of course, we have a lot of regular players, but the interesting thing was we were first announced that Mark Ruffalo was going to be uh, playing the role of Bruce Banner, yes. a.k.a. the Hulk, uh, which was an interesting choice. No one saw that coming, but no one disagreed with this choice. No. Everyone thought this was going to be really cool, that we're going to see a very awkward yet um, a very awkward but yet deep and interesting character uh, of Bruce Banner and play him in a whole new approach that, that we're not going to be ready for, and, and definitely we were not. Uh, I am actually very stoked to talk about this movie. So oh my God. Um, yeah. this is this is a really good game-changer uh, movie. So, okay, so we got the cast. Uh, not much more do we need to talk about technical-wise, do we? Um, well, one thing, last time in, in the Captain America episode, I talked about how there was a, a legal reason why they had to call the movie Captain America the first Avenger. There's also a legal reason, and I don't know if you know this one, Ryan, but there's a, a legal reason why this movie is technically called Marvel's The Avengers. There's a legal reason for that. Because there is a there's a movie called The Avengers or yes. The Avengers, um, which is a movie with Uma Thurman. Yes. And uh, insert right. fancy guy's name. Ralph Fiennes. That's yeah. yeah it's uh, it's. It's based off the spy show from the '60s. It's a fun, it's a fun movie. Uh, but yes, I do know about yeah. that. Um, yes, and I'm not surprised. But I mean, it's not something I would have noticed actually right off the gate. Um, I mean, what I love about the spy movie, The Avengers, is that Sean Connery plays the villain, and he's like a Scotsman who can control the weather. Yeah, and he Fan. dresses like a giant bear at one point. Yeah. But I mean, and I mean, that's that's such a, a technicality. I mean, nobody walks into the movie theater and is like, I'll want, I want to purchase one ticket for Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> it's, it, at the, at the time, yeah, this wasn't going to happen. And if you are, call us. Uh, we, we need to talk. Uh, <laughs> I Now, fun fact here, personal fact. I saw this in the theater three times. Oh, yeah. I saw four. The, the reason it's a big deal for me is because this is the only time I have ever done this for a film that was not a Star Wars film. Ooh. Ever. To this day in my life. I've never gone to the movie, same movie three times in the theater for something that's not a Star Wars. And I think that's just a testament to how powerful this movie is. Because like you said, this was an event. This was a big deal in the way that three years from now, from now when this movie's out, not now, now 2019, mm -hmm. but three years from now, Force Awakens was going to be an event that put a lot of butts in seats. Um this was special in every sense of the word because this this was it this was what they were promising us and we were like how can they deliver can they deliver and now we know they delivered they they not only delivered but at this time too there was a big conversation that was going around that movie theaters weren't going to do too well in the long run in terms of business um, and yet here we are today and movie theaters are still the event space for these films that you want, like, no matter what, you will still want to see a film like this in a theater, exactly. um, which is, I, I will always, I, I know there's a lot of more artistic filmmakers out there that will still debate with me that like, no, they're, they're more hurting the industry. Mm -hmm. I personally believe these films no, you you want to see them. The magic of the movies, you still want to yeah. see it on the big screen. To those filmmakers, I say, you know what hurts the film industry? Bad films. <laughs> Doesn't matter what genre it is. Yeah. 
if Scorsese makes a bad film and if Joss Whedon makes a bad film, those films are hurting the industry. Mm-hmm. Avengers and you know Goodfellas are not hurting the industry. They're doing the exact opposite because they're they're high art. Yeah, and 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 again, I mean, I have nothing against Scorsese. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing against him at all. He's he's entitled to his opinion, and I'm not going to challenge him on it. But I will say that I, I, these superhero films are, are definitely, they definitely helped the movie theater industry when they were definitely hurt. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's get into the Avengers. <clears throat> so yeah, Funny thing, the Paramount logo showed up on the DVD. It did, yes, yeah. that's right. I, I think it was a partnership still, and then mm. it was phasing out. Like the, It's one of those business things where it's still the fiscal year for that business. So the films would still be published by uh, by that company, but I think that's the last time we see Paramount. It makes sense. Yeah. This is by this point, this is one hundred percent like a Disney film. Yes, uh, definitely one hundred percent. Although I will say again, um, the art department wasn't quite up to par yet. I think we when we get to uh, what's the order now? Because after this, it's Iron Man three, and then, then it's Dark Thor: World. Dark World. Thor. Mm. Then no, I actually I'll say Thor: Dark World. Thor: Dark World. The art department cleans up the looks a little bit, makes the characters look a little more better. Winter Soldier for me was when like costumes were like on point. See, it's interesting you say that because I have in my notes here that I think for the most part, don't you dare say Cap's suit is the best suit you've ever seen. I do. I I think they've never looked better than they do in this movie, How particularly Cap. And and um, Black am, Widow. I am shocked and RuPaul'd right now. I love Capsuit in this. It is no. so bright and colorful. I love. I, I know that it's not realistic. It really looks comic-y, but that's what I like about it. I okay. Yes, it's a good suit. Yeah. Compared to uh, Civil War suit, no, it doesn't come close. I'm trying to remember the Civil War suit, and it's not coming. It's mind. it's the same as Age of Ultron suit. Trying to remember that one no. too. It's not oh my God. Okay, hold on, hold on. All, all I know is this suit in the in this movie, like the colors are just exactly where I want them to be. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're not wrong, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so the Civil War suit is this one. Okay, so he's showing me a picture here. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just muted. Muted yeah. colors. Muted colors, but it's more tactical, yeah. I will say. Anyway, so love the Civil War suit. It's very Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. But the costumes are nice. Uh, Thor looks great. Uh, Hulk looks phenomenal. Thor gets, like, his chainmail arms. Yeah. I. But I will say I love Black Widow and, and Winter Soldier because I like the longer hair. I don't like the shorter hair. I like the longer hair, too. But I'm. I guess my mind is still thinking of, like... Infinity War Black Widow with the blonde hair, and I'm like, oh, that's not Black yeah. Widow. No, to me. yeah. So when I see her in this, I'm like, yeah, she's rocking it. She's she's Black Widow. Which now let's let's really deep dive into it before we get into Avengers. The Black Widow trailer came out as at the time we were recording this, much like we talked about in Captain America: Winter Soldier. A uh, couple things we need to note is you did mention the blonde hair, so this is the time I'm going to get to mention it while the news is still hot. Uh, you'll notice that uh, uh, her sister has blonde hair as well. Mm-hmm. So the the theories that are circulating right now is that she steals her identity. Her sister, Yelena Bolivikov, oh uh, and uses her identity to, to hide um, because she's wearing a, a vest that 
that you actually see her sister wear in the movie. So there's a little little bit of a catch there, uh, which I was really excited about. Uh, I will say that, um, yeah, so there's that. And then on top of that, we find Black Widow in Russia. In, yes. this movie, in this film as well so uh but let's kick off with the intro so we have the the testing site uh mm-hmm. we have the landing and again colson looking boss as ever such yeah. a wasted opportunity <laughs> oh my god and then we have the introduction of maria hill played by robin shabatsky herself smolders i got a story about maria hill Oh dear. You're gonna like this one. It's because you watched the cartoon that I told you to watch. No, you didn't, because this is the third episode we recorded today. Actually, that... when your back was turned and you were doing your computer thing, I went and I watched the whole series. Back oh there. my god! So, you're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Um, back when I used to work at a Starbucks, I had you this... met Colby Smolders. No, I wish <laughs> I had this regular customer uh, named Nicole. Very beautiful lady. Um, she was like a mom. I think she was maybe five, six years older than me. Um, blonde-haired lady, and she had like a little kid. And her little kid would always be sitting in her shopping cart because this was a Starbucks in a grocery store. So one day I'm talking to them and I'm making a drink and I'm talking to her little kid. And I'm like, oh, do you like superhero movies? Because I think the kid had like a Marvel hat on or something. So I'm like, oh, who's your favorite superhero? And the kid was kind of shy and he's looking at his mom and he's like, I don't know. And the mom was like, I don't know. And, and the two of them are like conversing. And then the mom throws me for a total loop. She's like, let's say Maria Hill. And I was like, oh my God, like that was out of the blue. I'm like, I am shocked that you you brought up Maria Hill out of it. That's really impressive. And she's like, well, Kobe Smulders is my cousin. And I no. lost it. I lost it. I was no like, are way. you telling me I've been making you lattes for like three years? I'm not going to lie. I've been crushing on you. You're a hot mama. And you are Kobe Smulders' <laughs> cousin? How is this, oh how is this only coming up now? Yeah, because uh, she's Canadian. She's a Canadian lady, Kobe Smallers. So that's makes... right. She's from Vancouver. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, wow. Just yeah. wow. Um... I put lattes in the mouth of Maria Hill's cousin. <laughs> just, I'm just putting that out there. He means the drink, guys. He yeah, means yeah, the drink. I didn't mean to sound dirty. Legitimately, I, I'm saying I, I, I uh, gave drinks. All right. Well, speaking of Maria Two Hill. Two degrees of bacon. Speaking, speaking of Maria Hill. Yeah. Um, we have Maria Hill introduced to the movie, and I love the casting choice. Um, you know, I really thought about it. Uh, Maria Hill's journey hasn't been fully developed yet, in my opinion, but she's tenacious, she's direct, she's very cutthroat mm-hmm. uh, type of character in the comics, and I think uh, Colby Smulders does a great job of having that same sort of delivery. Uh, we really see her kind of question Nick Fury a lot, and and because uh, I love the dialogue of like... Uh, She's like, what's the point of an evacuation? And he's like, what, we should just tell everyone to go back to sleep? She's like, if we can't control it, there is no minimum. Like, she's always challenging. Yes. Uh, And she's like, when when Nick Fury steps down as a director in the comics uh, for a time, she she becomes the director. And it's... It's very well done. Uh, so it was nice to see that. Uh, then we had um, we have the scene where they, the test racked and we learned it's a door to another thing. Uh, we're introduced to Hawkeye again, but now a full participating character. Mm-hmm. The hawk, he's up in his nest. Uh, again, with cheesy character lines. Ah, <sighs> Yeah, he's like, the hawk? He's in his nest, of course. Uh, That's terrible. This movie is full of Joss Whedon dialogue. Oh, yeah. Love it or you either love it or you hate it. His dialogue has a very. 
I love I love his dialogue, but definitely it's a cheesy hero line. I will say. I mean, some of his Firefly moments are probably some of the best. Oh yeah. But it's I actually learned because some of the lines he helped develop a tin miner, uh, Minear or whatever his name is, uh-huh. and that's where some of the most memorable lines of uh, Firefly came from is with when the two of them worked on it. Oh okay. Uh, but yes, Whedon does have some moments. His brother, his brother's a good writer actually. Um, the Whedon family when mm-hmm. they're working on stuff together, it's really good stuff. Anyways, yes, cheesy line. Uh, Hawkeye's in there. We get Loki's teleportation into the scene, which is really cool. Um, uh, and I, and then we get to see the scepter now that's introduced, the, yes. the scepter. Now, not a lot of people thought too much of it to, in the beginning because um, the stone was blue. And, yes. and so people were just like, oh, okay, it's just it's just a scepter. Yeah. There were the skeptical ones, though, that are like, oh, it could be the Mind Stone. But they're like, oh, but why are all the stones blue? So there was still like that conversation happening, but it wasn't wasn't really big at the time. But it was cool. It was cool to have that discussion. Um, so yeah, Loki's in it now. They kind of Barton. I Barton as a character, he's he's a very sarcastic. Again, uh, no no BS type of character. Um, so what I loved was when he's having this dialogue with Nick Fury, he's saying, um, uh, he's having this dialogue with Nick Fury, he's saying, um, uh, yeah, doors open both ways. Like he's making him yes. realize he's not looking at the full picture here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, but we don't get that much of him because immediately he turns into a, a zombie in like less than, you know, first half an hour of the movie. It's, it's a shame, yeah. He spends half the movie... <clears throat> under the spell i do like though that the people under loki's spell um i like that they don't become mindless zombies they're they no they're mindless. Their, well yeah. there there's a personality there that is that is interesting and you don't see it, it, it it's not the cliche of like i am under your control um he was he was not doing what clint would have done but he was speaking and reacting as Clint would have spoken and reacted. And I remember the the audience got a big laugh when uh, Selvig is tooling with something, and then Loki shows up and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> Tesseract has shown me so much." Like it's more knows. than knowledge; it's truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no. It's it's funny. I did write that in the note, and you're right. I should I should have said it more detailed before because what I think what happens to them is they become hyper focused, mm-hmm. like hyper focused in what they're good at, right? So because he goes what did it because in that very same scene he goes what did it show you barton and he said my next target yeah so like clearly it's very it's different yeah it, it, it it's not going to give you one big unified thing it's mm-hmm. it's going to focus on what specific like what, like what you need to do yeah. yeah um so selvik and that's why i like selvik's line because he's saying that like he's surpassed all this research and now he just knows that everything is truth which yes. I like as well. Um, so yeah, so we have this great scene of of Nick Fury with Loki, and then dropping the whole thing. I love that scene. I love the getaway, uh, and I'll never forget this. It's such an endearing moment with my brother. We we've obviously watched this movie a few times when it came out, um, and uh, and that whole beginning sequence. The helicopter, breaking Loki's breakout, and everything. And my, I remember my brother looked at me and he's like, "That was only the beginning of the." Movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, wow, like the epic scale of that movie, right? So, um, absolutely, absolutely insane beginning. Uh, and then they get ready, and this is where the movie for me is just like just pure perfection all the way through. Oh my god, because then we get into Black Widow. 
So I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take control of this podcast for a minute. Do it. So I took some notes here. So Black Widow breaks out of interrogation with Russians. Coulson is looking at a file that says the Abijan operation. Sorry for butchered that. Uh, Strike Team Delta Avengers Initiative. Okay. Uh, so at this point, what we need to what we need to highlight is she is in Russia. So I'm curious to see what role that will play in the Black Widow movie. Maybe there's something there because why she's already in Russia. Maybe. Right? I know the movie, they say it takes place after Civil War, though. Mm-hmm. So, so it might be they might flash back to something she did here. It's definitely possible. Um, so they have the introduction of the new banner. I love this scene. So So I love this scene because... Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow does something that we were taught in school, which is part of the main part of acting is reacting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about giving a character the spotlight in the best possible way. So I love this scene because Coulson's like, no, no, you go get the big guy. Uh, and then she's like, oh, Jamoy, and then goes to, <laughs> oh, goes to India yeah. and finds Banner. And when she meets with Banner for the first time, this dialogue that they have is actually really well constructed as a writer, I would say, and not that I am one, but you would definitely appreciate this, is the whole point of the Hulk and Banner relationship is that it's kind of like schizophrenia. He, he literally talks to Hulk. Yes. And they, they can literally switch and transform at, at, like it's kind of like a balance like they they can just switch in in the snap of a finger kind of thing but it's it's he's either accepts hulk and just lets the transformation happen or he's resisting it until he gets angry and then he changes Mm -hmm. right so what i love about the dialogue with him and black widow is black widow is nothing but straightforward with him right out of the gate with all the dialogue yeah um he's like oh your actress buddy there they start that young she's like i did you know, like it's all rapid fire responses and it's straight and direct. And all his lines are all condescending questions. Mm-hmm. Like your actress buddy, they start that young. Um, and then like even when he says, um, oh, how does he say, what does Fury want me to do? Swallow it. Like it's all negative, negative tones. And uh, and then he says like, I never get what I want. Like it's all there and it's beautiful layers. And my favorite scene is when he slams the table and says, stop lying to me. And you see her take the gun out. And that fear sells Hulk. Yes. And that fear plays through the whole movie. And it sells Hulk through the whole movie. It's so good. You know why the fear sells it? Is because we have... Scarlet has proven how brave this woman is how brave black widow is she is a superhero in every sense of the word powers or not and when we see our heroes afraid it makes us afraid yeah that's why i've always when i was a kid i used to read goosebumps books a lot but they never scared me because i was like it's always the kids who are you know there's like a mummy after the kids and the kids are all freaking out but i was like i'd be more scared if the adults in the book were scared because if they're freaked out that's when you know that shit is exactly is yeah so when when exactly like you said where, where she pulls out the gun on banner she's not like cool calculating black widow she's in control of the situation and she's gonna drop him with with a bullet she is like oh my god like this is like i'm i'm horrified right now. yeah and i i will gush about the the, the scene later where she's running from the hall because i oh, i i love that scene so much but I, I love the selling of that and and again that that scene the the widow interrogation scene in russia um apparently whedon when he designed that 
that sequence, he actually just had a dream about it. Oh, and wow. he always really wanted to do it, but he could never fit in the movie until now. Well, and I'm glad he had that dream because that's my favorite intro for an Avenger in the movie. Is, yeah. Is how they introduce Black Widow. Mm. And it's just like... Again, some great Whedon dialogue where it's like uh, the Black Widow, the famous Black Widow. She's just another. Your information face. betrays you. The oh, you really think I'm pretty? <laughs> oh. oh, and the fight, the fighting is absolutely yes. amazing. Um, so, moving forward, we get introduced to Banner, and then I love Cap's introduction, uh, the punching bag scene where he's just like ripping through it, and it's a great way to transition origin story to where he's at now right like they they found yes. him in the ice they thought him out and now he's the soldier uh this new the new soldier that's back out and really quickly sorry um just one more quick thing about the, mm-hmm. the scene with banner and black widow is that not only was that a great scene and a great turning point in the, in the movie but it's the first step in what is going to be a very long romantic relationship yeah that's true, uh, and, and it's it's great to see the genesis of that because again we didn't know that watching this Ooh, that they good were good word have good a, word a, a thing yeah, yeah so. well no they didn't know they were gonna have a thing but at the same time it came out of fear mm. which is which is also must be really good for writing because yes. if something's created out of fear right um, yeah I, Cap's intro he's, he's yeah so Cap's bags. intro I love again at this point I'm beyond in love with Captain America mm-hmm. so it's it's just a great intro I love the the thought from the ice shot. Totally didn't have to do it, but I love that they did. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I love that they're like, oh my god, he's still alive. Um, and then introduction of Stark Tower, love, yeah. love location, uh, and I love transition of language. My brother was actually a big fan of this, where Cap's like, oh yeah, I should have left it in the water, and then it cues to Iron Man, who's in the water, yes. which is really nice. Um, and and then Stark arrives at the tower. Uh, Phil comes up and then he said, and then Stark says the genius line. Uh, this is the live motto decoy of Tony Stark. Yeah, uh, classic, classic line. Um, this is actually an interesting scene, and I did take some notes here that we need to highlight for future Marvel movies. This is one of more of my. You remember how we talked about the legacy, the legacy, of, yes. legacy of Marvel. So check this out. Um, so Phil comes in. I love this because he tries to hand Stark something. Stark doesn't like to be handed things. And I love how Stark says my consulting hours are uh, eight to five every other Thursday. <laughs> so he's only available twice a month yeah. <laughs> out of the calendar year. Um, so that was really nice. But here's the interesting part. So um, so Stark says that he didn't qualify for the Avengers Initiative because of his personality. He's volatile, self-obsessed, doesn't play well with others. I love the comedy there. Again, Josh Whedon really good at comedy for these moments. Um, so he opens the file and you have the beautiful shot where you see Cap Thor and you have the past movies and they even include incredible Hulk footage. So you clearly know that they're all, they're all in unison here. Um, when he opens the file, it says Hulk's file number is number 71. Thor's file number is 87. Captain America's is 25 and the Tesseract is 42. So, so the reason why I bring this up, these numbers have no meaning right now. But the, the what if you look at the the whole image here and talking about legacies, if Captain America is file number twenty five, that means they have found twenty twenty four more things that were before Cap's time, mm-hmm. which is huge, which is absolutely huge. So I love how much of a deep cut you found in this. Yeah, I mean, shield portfolio. Well, think about it, right? So, okay, so Cap is twenty five. 
Thor is 87. Yeah. So, and then, and then let's go back to what I was talking about earlier with Coulson opening up the Avenger initiative files on Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. And it talks about the Abidjan operation. Uh, so uh, I looked that up, uh, the Abidjan operation, uh, in terms of the location of where they're talking about. And that actually takes place uh, right on the south end of Africa, on the coast of the Atlantic. Ooh, okay. So uh, now normally uh, in Avengers Endgame, uh Wakanda talks about that there's an earthquake off the coast in the Atlantic. Oh, so this boy. is the second, technically third time we've seen some sort of location ping around what's going on in the Atlantic. So I have a boiling theory that something's going on around the Atlantic at this point because now this is the third hidden gem they've talked about the Atlantic. Would you say we're going to hear name more about this in the future? <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well said, well said. Uh, well, first of all, we still have to figure out what this damn Buddhist thing, is, uh, Budapest thing is all about. Well, you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> so it could be two different things. <laughs> um, now, here's a question about Nick Fury. Yeah. He's got an evil board of shadowy figures that he... That he the War Council, the yeah. The War Council. Are, are those the, the same, like, is that Robert Redford and Winter Soldier? Is that, no. that same? No, um, the gentleman, the gentleman that speaks, uh, he's, a he's an old school Western, uh, Western, spaghetti Western actor. Um, he actually is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. down the road. But he's not playing the same character that Redford eventually he, No, played. no, no, no. He's not Alexander Pierce. Okay. No, 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 no. Because that council... Like they're they're just kind of gone now. Uh, I don't know if that's because Hydra pretty much wiped Shield out, or if there's yeah, that's exactly what happened. Oh, okay. Hydra Hydra wiped like Hydra cleaned house. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a very tact tactful move. Um, but when you see the War Council again, I think pretty much three out of the four members are still there. But the the one guy that was talking the most, he was. Uh, turns out in Agents of Shield, the way they wrote it was that he was a. Uh, um, he was a Hydra agent. It's always the quiet ones. Always. Well, right. <laughs> in this case, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that scene. The file numbers are there. So what, but what blows my mind that nobody picked up on is these file numbers, which blows my mind. Cause like if cap is only 25 and Thor is 87 it means shield has found a lot of stuff between now and then. So the Eternals, man. That's the where my brain keeps going. The Eternals. It's very possible. Black Knight, I think, is going to be a bigger deal than we uh, than we think. I think so, too. Uh, based on what I've been following up on, absolutely. Uh, so, okay. So, let's get into it. So, now, at this point, they're looking for uh, Loki and Barton. Mm -hmm. I love the opera scene. It's, it's yes. a fun scene of how evil Loki is. Um, we see Hawkeye in action a little bit, which is nice. Uh, I have a science question for you. Oh, no. This better not be like the grenade question. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's a different kind of science. Tony Stark, okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he gets back to his tower. Does he have to walk at a certain speed every time he comes back for all those rotating arms to, to unclothe him, to disarmor him? Okay. If he walks a little bit faster, it could be like, oh, this thing poked me in the face. Like, <laughs> so... 
here's the thing. Yeah. So lay it on me. Have you ever seen the new RoboCop? The new RoboCop? Yeah, I didn't retain much of it though. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's an action sequence where they're in a factory and they're challenging RoboCop versus these droids and, and who's better, right? Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Right? Great scene. Mm-hmm. Terrible movie, but great scene. Um, but uh, Gary Oldman, bless his heart, probably, I can't wait to see if he ever gets his MCU role because that man's the most brilliant actor in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about the illusion of self-control and he was talking about what they changed to make him better than than the robots and he says he thinks he's he's he thinks he's doing these things but all he's doing is really just playing a video loop in his head and his body's just doing all the actions for him and then and then he summarizes it by saying it's the illusion of free will so like they they gave him virtual muscle memory in a way so what what tony stark is doing to describe it and i'm the guys, this is my interpretation. This is merely my interpretation to help this poor gentleman sort through something yeah. that's so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. But I'm going to explain it to you. Uh, so what happens is, is that because Jarvis, he works with Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Jarvis is an extension of what he wants to do. So what happens is, is that when he flies up to land, there's like a landing sequence. So when he lands, Jarvis is walking the suit. And he's just kind of going through the motion as the whole thing comes apart. That makes a lot of sense. Because my brain, when I watch those scenes, my brain immediately goes towards those are very pointy robot arms. And if I walked the wrong speed, I'd lose an eye. It would pull my arm in a weird direction i don't know why you think that i really where like you and i remember budapest very differently it's so dangerous it's so dangerous anyway (laughs) moving on so a great introduction sequence of the avengers and then we get the loki scene in the in the opera and then they get the uh the iridium uh which is kind of like a stabilizing agent whatever Mm. Uh, and then we have the fight with Loki and Captain America. Now, I love this scene because Loki talks about uh, humanity and how they crave subjugation, subjugation yeah. uh, which is really great. And I love how Loki feels like he needs to rule. He has this compelling, um, how does he say it in the, uh, when he meets Thor later on? He says, I've been burdened with great, pur- with glorious mm-hmm. purpose, right? Um, so, so at this point, yeah, Cap and Loki duke it out. Um, and it's nice because we get Tony Stark in there. Everyone's in there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but my favorite scene, they capture Loki and they're flying back. Thor hasn't had a lot of success at this point, but we didn't know how to deliver with Thor. And what better way to do it than to start off with a lightning uh, a storm and have lightning going off. Mm-hmm. And then Cap looks at Loki. He's like, wait, you scared a little lightning? And he's like, I'm not overly fond of what follows. Oh, that's a great line. It's such, it's such a good introduction of Thor. And Thor had a lot of justice in the, in the Avengers movie. He's mm-hmm. fun. He has great action sequences. He just... He has great story. Why? No Jane Foster. No, no Jane Foster. Foster to slow his ass down. And what's interesting, it's like such a sign of how far we've come. When uh, when Iron Man joins the party, mm-hmm. uh, he overrides um, Black Widow's speakers in her helicopter and he's playing uh, oh, Black Sabbath music or something ACDC, like that. Is ACDC, man. He's oh, jeez. He's, uh, he's playing some rock music. Yeah. And he's playing he's, Shoot the Thrill by ACDC. Shoot the Thrill, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he lands and he joins the fight. Now, in 2019, now, 
if there is a Marvel hero that I think we all associate with rock music, it's Thor. Isn't it strange how That's it turned weird, around yeah. like that? Actually, it's funny you say that because um, Thor's Thor's trailer. By the way, guys, if you ever want to see a great reaction video, Kevin Smith does a reaction video on Thor Ragnarok's trailer release, and he just gushes. He yeah. gushes because every shot in that movie looks like a meatloaf album. Like it, it does, like absolutely it does. And and it's funny you say that, but um, but why it's funny you bring it up is because. <laughs> Uh, in Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man or uh, Peter Parker has to make a new suit on the plane after that beautiful scene. How he talks about the pressure of you know living up to Iron Man and all that stuff, and uh, and Happy Hogan goes, "I got the music," and he hits it, and he goes, "Oh, I love Led Zeppelin," and it's an <laughs> ACDC song. So it's funny how you how you make that kind of connection. Yeah. But um, that that Thor has the rock music now. Uh, but yeah, so yes, so Tony Stark comes in with the ACDC music, Shoot the Thrill, great song, and so, um, but yeah, the Thor scene where they all fight in the forest is absolutely incredible. It's the first time we get a shot of the Avengers together, fighting together, which yes. shows that dysfunction, dysfunctional group that they have. And that's a staple of the comics, is that when the heroes meet, they fight. Oh, they always fight, yeah. And what I love about the MCU is they've given us so many of those hero-on-hero fights. We get... I think three in this one. I wrote them down. We get Iron Man versus Thor, Thor versus Hulk, and then Black Widow versus Hawkeye. Yeah, like it's and there's so many more to come, which mm-hmm. is great. I love this. It's it's so good, and I, I love the scene. I, I love and again, Robert proves that he is the Godfather because he steals the show every single scene that they're all together. Mm-hmm. He just he owns it, and it's it's so well done. Um, so yeah, the battle in the forest is really good. I love the. Uh, I love the 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 hammer throw into Iron Man. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the lightning charging his suit, and then he gets four hundred power reserves. How about that? How about that? Uh, and I love uh, I love when they meet on the ship, and he's like, uh, "No hard feelings. He's got a mean swing point, break. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so good. Um, so yeah, so that scene's great. Loki up there is great. Uh, Loki's speech to the Avengers is fantastic. Warm light for all mankind to share. Yes. <laughs> so they talk about phase two a lot, which tells me that they obviously have a lot of phases that they're working on themselves as Shield's working on. So this one, they're basing it, uh, trying to get technology to face off against threats, outerly world threats. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're learning that they're completely unprepared and unarmed. And then there's that great scene of them all arguing. Ooh, I like that scene a lot. It's such a good dynamic. Fun fact about that scene is... Um, when Cap, uh, Banner, and Stark are all in the room, uh, Robert Downey was actually notorious for leaving berries, little bags of berries, all over the scenes. So when they were rehearsing or filming, he would actually have a bag. He would be able to grab a bag and offer it. And so they used one of the scenes where he has the, the berries and he offers uh, Banner the berries. It's really, really I actually good. wrote in my note, I don't know why, but that bag of blueberries tony eats from always looks so good it does actually it looks very delicious absolutely i have a comic question for you because uh Mm -hmm. in that room is is loki's staff right and they're studying it banner's trying to figure out what's going on with the staff Mm -hmm. what can you tell me as a comic fan about the other the gentleman who gives the staff to loki the gentleman with the two thumbs uh, who's like the tesseract is the power. okay yeah so he my brother knew this better than i did 
because uh, my brother's my, my brother was the bigger fan of the cosmic stuff mm-hmm. um but he is a, a character uh in um he's he is a servant type of character in the comics and i apologize guys this is where my brother's knowledge comes in bigger handy than my own where uh, are you nick get over here yeah uh he's yeah he's basically like a servant character um but he he plays a much bigger role in the comics uh he's totally excuse me what it is but uh yes he's essentially kind of like Thanos's conscience in a way of speaking in a mm-hmm. manner of speaking uh, but he does that for a lot of other major villains he'll kind of like play like the puppeteer behind the kind of thing um, but yeah it's uh, I don't know what else to tell you more than that but. so he's kind of like I'm going to drop a DC reference on you here mm. he's kind of like the Dasad to Thanos's dark side yes okay yeah. right. exactly so yeah so he has that kind of character um and so yeah, my brother, my brother was all about him, and I, oh man, I really wish I can remember what it was. Um, but yeah, so that guy, I don't know what he is, uh, but he's a big, he's a big cosmic character. My brother was the bigger fan of the cosmic stuff because he loved Fantastic Four, he loved X Men, he loved, um, uh, he loved characters that would deal with more space problems, yeah. like the Shi'ar Empire, which I can't wait to see in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Wow um shiar empire or even yeah thanos and and it was funny because when we learned about the shatari uh based on the trailers and for early parts of the movie we actually thought it was the scroll yes yeah, there's a lot of talk scrolly kind of look to them yeah there was a lot of speculation that it was a scroll they just didn't have the same chin mm-hmm. that the the scroll do have but now that we have the scroll Totally different story. And are Chitari from the comics too? Chitari are from the Ultimates. The Ultimates. The, yeah, okay. the contemporary run. Um, but back then it was just the Korean and the scroll. And it's it's funny because there's watching, again, hindsight. This is why I love doing this show is the hindsight. Mm-hmm. When I watched this movie last night, there's so much mystery. Like the movie makes it a point of being like, ooh, who's this person Who's, who's Loki's benefactor? Who is this person who's like sitting in this chair? Loki has a point where he looks up and they show like the stairs leading up to the throne. Like they make it a big deal. And it, clearly the movie wants us, the viewers, to be asking like, who is this benefactor? But when I was sitting in that movie theater the first time, I never even thought to think about it. I was so busy just thinking of, of the Avengers and yeah. just what was happening and Loki. Just absorbing the now. Yeah, I was not even, like, I was wondering, like, who's this guy with two thumbs talking? Like, what's his deal? But I never even really clued in that, like, there's somebody big sitting up there just, like, 20 feet away who's a big deal. Yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't bugging me through the whole movie, like, oh, I'm trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting that it just kind of went over my head like that. <laughs> It's it's actually interesting too because uh, that scene where Loki talks to them when he's with Selvik and Barton. Um, also, when he talks to Thor, Loki says, "I've I've seen worlds you've never heard of," mm. and mentions seeing true power of the Tesseract. So, which leads to Endgame, where he uses traffic. And he probably met Christine Everhart slash Annihilus at God, some point I mean, during his travels. Sweet Lord, if that she ever does happen, I'm gonna kill you. The villain of all villains. Um, but going back to where we are now in the movie, uh, Black Widow's interrogator scene with mm-hmm. Loki. Now, this goes back to the Black Widow trailer that came out. She says, before I worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., I had a specific skill set, didn't care where I was or where, who I used it on. Barton was sent to kill me. Barton made a different call. Yes. 
Loki mentions um, in terms of redemption, he goes, can you wipe, wipe that much red off your ledger? Drakov's daughter, Sao Paulo, and then something called the hospital fire. So there are a lot of little timbits here that we may see in the Black I'm glad you wrote down what he said, because as I was watching, I was thinking of writing it down, but I was trying to figure out, like, my mind was going to the Black Widow movie, and I'm like, this is all before the movie, but does that play into a thing? So I'm really glad you wrote it down, yeah. Yeah. So I it's again I haven't been able to put a lot of the pieces together. My assumption is is that the comic is aligning so far the trailer is aligning with the comic of Blackwood. I think it's called Black Widow Origins or something like that. Um, but the enemy faction is called the Leviathan. Um, they basically are auctioneers as, as what they do. But they they find shield technology and they sell it to mm-hmm. villains. Um, and, uh, but yes, they, they have their black widow group. That's what they're known for. And they also have their super soldier group, which is the red guardian. Some red guardians have power. Some don't, but yeah. Is Drakov's daughter, um, a blonde lady? See, now that is what I'm, what I'm connecting the dots to, but I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but it's it was an interesting scene nonetheless. Let's uh, call Florence Pugh and find out. First yeah, I, oh, I have her number. Oh my I'm god, not allowed to call it, but I will. <laughs> Indeed, uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie has incredible pacing, incredible yes. dialogue. Um, Cap is awesome in this, and I love that they both challenge each other. They said. Um, and again, it's foreshadowing, you know. Uh, he says, when it comes down to it, you're not the one to make the, the sacrifice play. Mm-hmm. That's what Cap says to Iron Man. He's like, uh, lay down on the wire and make the sacrifice play. And then what, what happens what in Endgame? Happens in Endgame. Uh, and then Cap says, everything special came out of, uh, everything special about you came out of a bottle. Nothing really big there. Um, but I love the dialogue. And again, then we get... The, the Hawkeye break-in scene on the helicarrier. And I also neglected to mention, because we kind of paced through this a little bit based on jumping back and forth, they introduced the helicarrier for the first time mm-hmm. in this in this movie. And speaking of good dialogue, uh, Nick Fury calls, the, he refers to the helicarrier as a boat. He's like, mm. something, something, this boat, which is how they refer to the spaceship in Joss Whedon's show Firefly. They always call it like, a boat, you yeah. want to run my boat? Uh, so it is a nice little, little it's it, in there. and and so here's the thing uh the only other time we've seen reference in multimedia to the helicarrier is in spider-man the cartoon was there's a whole episode on uh called the day day of the chameleon and they introduced the helicarrier and they introduced shield and the whole nine yards so to see the helicarrier for the first time in the movies it looked believable mm. it looked massive it was very cool so then we get the battle scene on the helicarrier with Hawkeye breaking into the shield facility. Now, really quickly, mm. never tell me the odds. All right. All right. What are the odds that in Thor Love and Thunder, we will see, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right, a build snipe? Very high. I hope you're right. Very high. I hope you're right. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say a solid 80%. I'm pretty... You, do you feel the same? I'm, yeah, I'm going around 85, yeah. Yeah. Eight, they they yeah. are repulsive. So. They're all repulsive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but see, that's what I that's what I love about Thor, and that's what I would have... That's the kind of opposite side of what I love to see. It's not about him being like what a, a Hubble tel- telescope is. It's him saying these weird things yeah. and us being like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, when he said build snipe, I love how Colson's just like, what? 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, massive, huge. You don't have one of those? He's like, no, don't think we do. But, like, I love that, like, they, they're they listening to what he's saying, but they're like, just what? Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, so I love it. And, and this battle scene, oh, my God. Wow, this battle is... First of all, a lot of people were, like, hating on the fact that Hawkeye can fire one arrow and cause the whole ship to just have so many problems. That's Hawkeye, baby. That's, that's what he does. That's what he do. If he if he couldn't do that, he'd be a horrible Avenger. He'd be horrible at his job. Hey man, that's his job. My the way I say it is, he's a shield agent, so clearly he has access to all the files and all this stuff to mm. to know how this stuff works. And he's also a master marksman, so he can spot a target from a mile away. Anyway, blows it up, comes inside. I love this scene, the scene where they're all yelling at each other, all having the fights, and then the explosion happens, and Widow and Hulk fall through the window and land in the uh, and land in the vent area there. Um, and I love how Cap's like, put on the suit, let's go a few rounds, and then after the explosion, like, put on the suit, he's put like, yeah, yup. <laughs> yep. um, but, okay, so I love the scene because... Let's. This is the scene I wanted to get to. Is again, Widow and Hulk really sell the movie for me because I love Cap and I love Thor scenes, but the the relationship between Widow and Hulk just sells the group. You know what I mean? Just sells the team because I love how Widow's like we're okay, right? And he's just like starting to freak yeah. out, and she's like, "I promise you, we'll get through this." I swear on my life. And he's like, "Your life!" Like, and in a beautiful mirror of the first scene they have together in India, when he's about to change, he looks over at her with the same fear that she looked at him when she pulls the gun off. That's true. It's, I didn't notice that. It oh is. Oh my god. Gorgeous. It, it is, is gorgeous symmetry. It is so good. And then she's on the run. Um, and uh, Cap and Iron Man have to go to fix the engine, which is fun. Uh, I loved the action with Nick Fury and Maria Hill, mm-hmm. the grenades with uh, Barton. That was a fun little sequence there. I love that we got to see Samuel L. Jackson like, take down some dudes yes. in a really cool Nick Fury way. Um, and yeah, so we see Cap take out some peeps with, uh, with the machine gun, which is fun. Uh, then we get Thor and Loki, and again, their relationship just sells through this story. Uh, and you really, again, you could have not watched the first Thor movie and get more or just enough the story in Avengers. It's all yeah. set up for you in Avengers. Yeah. Um, fun fact, too, is uh, in this shot where Thor gets Loki on the mountains is there are two giant ravens. Ooh. And the two giant ravens are Odin's ravens. Yes, that is very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the little nod there. Uh, He's watching his boys. Watching his boys, yep. Uh, so, yeah, the Thor-Loki story was really good. Um, uh, and then Coulson's scene. And again, this Coulson's scene is, is really good. Whedon is notorious for killing characters. It's really he unfortunate. Very notorious. And I, at this point, and I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, mm. I think I have reached a point in my own personal headspace where I'm not including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in any kind of personal canon. So as far as I'm concerned, Coulson is a dead person, and that is it. Yeah, um, I still, I still haven't. I think through this podcast, I'm gonna take the time to research what what Coulson is, or if they've explored that answer further. But I agree with you. I think that 
I think that if you, and that's the problem with Captain Marvel, I think that if you're not going to do anything with him in Captain Marvel, there's no point in keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm sorry. I love that actor. I love Coulson in the MCU, and I really wish they turned him into Captain Marvel this whole time. Would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. Like, I would have loved to have seen the stab and then he's like maybe bleeding blue a little bit and he's like and then it would make sense for being for him being like i like i knew this wasn't gonna work out like all this stuff it just wasn't there like it just didn't they didn't do it that way and so um i i agree though with the writing that josh whedon did that you had to kill him in order to get the heroes to focus and give them a push yeah it's really nice do you have a do you have a note there i I had a note about um, the the I had a note about the really good dialogue that happens during the scene with with Iron Man and Cap. Um, it's one of those things where you you can see it coming a mile away because you know the characters so well, and that's what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. Is when Iron Man is talking to Cap and he's like pushing the propeller, or whatever, and he tells him to go open up a panel and like to tell me what you see in this panel. And right away, as soon as he says that to Captain America, you're like, this cannot end well. He's telling a guy from the 40s to go over. And sure enough, he opens it up. It seems to run on some sort of electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, because, again, it, it really creates that, that, that narrative of where the characters are in their journey. Yeah. Like, they don't... It doesn't, it, it doesn't allow you to forget that, right? Yeah. Like, Cap's still catching up with the times. He, he knows the Wizard of Oz joke, so God bless him. He gets that joke. I love that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I turned personal flying monkeys. I get that. <laughs> get that reference. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love also that Coulson has the trading cards. I think that's mm-hmm. a great tie-in to Cap's backstory a little bit and, and all that stuff. So I think that's really nice. And I love Coulson. And again... Missed opportunity with this whole Captain Marvel thing. I'm not going to let this go. But his hero worshipping of Cap, I love it. I love it. On the jet and everything. It's so good. And the attack on the helicarrier is... Star Wars has always done this thing well with action sequences where it does multi-tiered, multi-layered action sequences. Yeah. So like the Battle of Endor... You've got the rebels trying to blow up the bunker. You've got the the space battle where they're trying to blow up the Death Star, and then you've got Luke with Vader and the Emperor in the throne room. Like, and and you you cut back and forth between these different fronts, these yeah. different battle fronts. Yeah. The helicarrier fight, the New York fight too, but the helicarrier one I feel really did that supremely well, where you have Cap and Iron Man dealing with the thing, and even the environments are all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy for something like the helicarrier to get stale visually because it's just like a military jet like it, it's easy for it to look boring yeah but you've got them doing their thing outside on the propeller you've got um hulk and thor fighting in like the hangar bay you've got hill and and fury in like the main cockpit area and then you've got black widow and hawkeye in like that those corridors on those catwalks where it's all dark and gloomy like the boiler room oh, everybody is somewhere different doing a different thing yeah but it's all connected to the same fight i love the uh the thor and hulk fight scene though yeah. it's so good well and again like talking about that fight scene um i love the aftermath of widow and hulk because you see widow just holding herself shaking yes. and it continue continually committed to the scale of the hulk like mm-hmm. and dealing with the hulk and like she's just sitting there like just freaking out and she's like you know they're like oh i've seen barton here and she's like this is widow I copy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Scarlett Johansson gets enough credit for the work she did. She, no. she 
rocks it. She earned that movie, yeah. man. That self-titled movie. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. She sold, like, that's why I want to see her face like more like Hulk-like characters because of the panic. And, and I loved it too because here's the interesting dynamic in terms of writing. They talk about, Widow talks to Banner about pulling him out of Calcutta mm-hmm. and and she says oh you know you didn't come on here because I batted my eyelashes on you and again Whedon with his clever writing he's like oh and I'm not ready to leave because you got a weird twitch like it's yeah. a weird it's it's a lovely cat and mouse dynamic that Widow's mostly the cat and mm-hmm. Banner's the mouse but then when the transformation happens complete role reversal and she's the mouse running and he's yes. and he's the cat and uh I love it. Um, but yeah, and then we get to the Thor Hulk fight scene. I love that we see the shot of Hulk trying to pick up the hammer. <laughs> uh, classic nod there. But I also love the knee slide and the hit with the hammer. Oh, it's so good. God. And like when he when he's calling it, and he knows it's coming and it's taking a while. Yeah. And you, at first you think like, oh, is it stuck somewhere? Like what's gonna? And then when it finally comes he right just at the last second, winds up. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, so great shot, great fight. Uh, Cap and Iron Man didn't really have an epic battle sequence, I would say. They were just fixing things. Yeah. But Cap does take out some foos. He does take out some foos. And takes, again, like he's he's killing. He's a soldier. He's, he's a soldier. He's killing. Killing. So yeah, after in the aftermath of that, in the wake of that, um, Loki escapes. Um, and yeah, some some just simple stuff going on there. Then we get the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. Let's just go right into the nitty gritty stuff. Um, I love the dynamic of Stark and Banner, uh, in terms of Stark, you know, being like, oh, you know, it's actually a gift and you know what you have, it's, you can use that for purpose. Um, I like that. I like that story. I I felt like it wasn't quite enough to can, like, why, like, why do you see it that way? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I don't think Stark truly understands the Hulk enough. Yeah. I don't think he does. I think he's with Stark. He finds this kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's new and exciting for him. Yeah, and he's just he's giddy around Banner because that is something nobody else operates on his level mentally until he meets Banner. Yeah. So to have that kindred spirit, I think he is he, he's for the first time Tony's kind of at a loss for for words and and he's not used to being on the same level as anybody. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to point out too, you know, cuz we talked about Iron Man in the first one and, you know, Rhodes refers to Iron Man as a real patriot. And now he's finally face to face with Captain America and he's like that's the guy my father would never shut up about. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful a beautiful nod there. And and you notice that Stark tries to prove himself with Cap cuz he says an intelligence agency that fears intelligence. Yeah. Historically not awesome. Like it's constantly that that playback. So there there's a lot of connections there. And I agree with you that with Banner he feels a deep connection in terms of level of intelligence because uh when when they're talking about uh Selvik's notes, he mentions that, oh, you know, finally someone that speaks my language. Right. Or someone that speaks English, right? So there's that there is that connection there. So yeah, you definitely get a good hero dynamic um that plays out throughout the whole movie. Um, I love throughout the aftermath, they they figure out that that Loki's a full tilt diva. I love how they have him analyzed <laughs> at this point and want to know how to take him down. Um, and I love, I love, I love Stark scene with Loki. Mm, I yeah. love that yeah. battle or that that, that, was, uh, that scene was very trailer heavy. 
Yeah. There was a lot of that scene in the trailers. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Yeah. Uh, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Like that. It was all over. And I love. I love that he's like, no, we're here to threaten you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, you want a drink? No. He's like, oh, stalling me. No, no, threaten. Threatening. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm having a drink. <laughs> um, no, I love it. And uh, and then, so Battle of New York kicks off. And this is this event is actually talked about a lot through other MCU things like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I would love to consider Daredevil MCU, but... I would love to consider it, too, if for no other reason than I get my boy Kingpin. But uh, I get my boy uh, Charlie Cox Charlie back Cox. as uh, Daredevil, man. The sad thing is, Agents of Shield is more canon. deep in the canon than those Netflix shows. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> they mentioned Thor. They mentioned Iron Man. They mentioned Battle of New York. So they got Lady Sif on Agents of Shield. And that's true. Which uh, they got know. Daredevil. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so Battle of New York is really epic. I absolutely love that fight scene. Um, we see a lot of kind of hero moments mm-hmm. um i didn't like the uh, i i like the hulk smash thing it was cute didn't need it but it was cute um but what i did like was there's a lot of different hero moments uh yes. hulk picking up someone by picking up loki by the leg smashing back and forth um hawkeye with all his trick arrows i mm-hmm. love seeing the different trick arrows um i love the shot where where loki's chasing black widow and he's like i got him shoots it he catches the arrow he's like please and explodes. <laughs> classic uh i loved hulk kicking one of the shatari picking up another one and just throwing it like oh so many moments there's there's a, a thing that i want to run by you i want to get your opinion on this there's a critic by the name of bob chipman he's an online critic a youtube mm-hmm. guy um does I don't... he live in his mom's basement he might he, he might mm, yeah. okay. um, I don't agree with everything he says but he had this great video essay about the Avengers where his theory is now in normal storytelling beats if I was to ask you what's the climax of the Avengers you would probably say the battle and you'd be York. right to say uh, Stark throwing the, the nuke oh yes yeah, yeah 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 that is that is the correct answer that is the climax however he has this theory and I can't help but think you know in a way he's also right where he says, because of the origin of the MCU and because of everything we've gotten beforehand, the climax of Avengers is, in a way, that first scene where they're all standing together in a circle right after the I'm always angry. Mm. Um, and and they, they get together and, and the music just becomes, it just soars. You hear the Avengers theme soaring. And the reason he backed it up, he said, we came so far and we went through so much to get that shot. You know, so much work had to be done um, breaking Hollywood boundaries to to get that shot a reality that at that point, it is so important in the history of movies, in the history of movie making and cinema, to that that shot exists, that everything after that, which is all phenomenal, is really just a celebration of the fact that that shot exists. It's I agree. Like you, you can, I totally agree. Right? Like yeah. You can get them, and I'm not putting it as eloquently as he did, but he's like, you can get them all in one shot. The rest is just like a fireworks show saying, like, we got them all in one shot. Like, oh, yeah. We made it. It's true. I mean, because the big debate was, like, DC, DC was just not even close to where Marvel was. And for us to go through four, four films, four films before we got that one, Five films. Five films. So yeah, we went through five whole films before we got an Avengers movie. Mm. But they they spread it out 
they or sorry, I didn't say they spread it up, but they released it quickly enough that we yeah, it was still it was still hard work to get there. But yeah. I agree with you, yeah. The climax of the film was them sitting sitting in the circle and you see them. And like that for me, like I I was familiar with the Avengers, obviously, because everybody is like I, I had familiarity with the Avengers, but I had mm-hmm. never read really their comics or anything like that. I never had before I saw this movie, I never had a favorite Avenger. Right. After this movie, my favorite Avenger was and still is to this day the Hulk. And I think it's because from the moment I first saw that scene where he's like, I'm always angry. From that moment to the end of the movie, I was riding the high of that. Oh, yeah. Going from I'm always angry to and everybody's standing in the circle. I was riding. There was so much dopamine in my brain. Yeah, yep. I couldn't handle myself. And it happened again when I watched it last night. The same thing happened to my body. Like, I was just like, ah, oh, yeah. Uh, that's still, if in, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest moments in movies. I agree. I, I can agree with that. I mean, it's it's. At first, I wasn't sure about how the fact that like a lot of people I talked to, they're all like, "Really, he's always angry." But like a lot of people don't understand, like he's a schizophrenic. Like he deals with Hulk all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, really a battle of like, can he is he is he strong enough to deal with the Hulk today? Exactly. If he loses. Exactly, it's right. a mental health issue. At it, that point. it really right. So so yeah, and I, I yeah I agree with you. It's a beautiful moment. And that punch though, oh, you feel that punch. <laughs> um, People, I don't know what uh, like was your theater reactive vocally because my theater went nuts. I'd say the best theater reaction I ever had was Endgame. Um, Infinity War was fun with you guys. We had a blast, mm-hmm. uh, but Endgame. Everyone got up and cheered when Cat picked up the hammer. Ooh. Everybody. <laughs> and just you just felt it in the audience and every, we all I just I just remember I was dealing with me getting choked up. And not only that, just like choked up of the emotional weight of Endgame and then seeing that moment and all of us cheering is just like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh but yes, no, that was a great moment as well. Um there's a I mean that battle is just fun. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's so good. The nuke is also a fun, fun moment. Um I love that he's I love that again, Samuel Jackson, classic Nick Fury stuff. He's just like um, I I recognize that the council's made a stupid uh, made a decision, but the fact that it's a stupid ass decision, I've chosen to ignore it. <laughs> it's just classic line. Um, I love it. It's great. And again, the nuke scene's great. We get to see space a little bit. We get to see Shatari. Yes, race. I do. Uh, and then I, I love the son of a gun when he falls out. But you know, it's funny. While Stark is getting beaten down by the Shatari at one point on the streets, he gets shot out of the sky and he rolls through kind of a phone booth. Or a bus stand, and uh, in the background you can actually see the swarma joint, and that's why oh, that's wow. what cues him to say later on. He's like, "Hey, you guys want to see? Uh, want to check out swarma?" Oh, that's cool. They're, they um, there's the thing that they do in that Battle of New York where they uh, manage to show all the Avengers fighting. At mm-hmm. different points without cutting, like the camera's panning through the. Oh, that's a classic Josh Whedon and, shot. Yeah, He's all about the one shot. It's very cool to see, and I did um, when after the Force Awakens came out, I was in like a creative mode. So I wrote, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I wrote a version, my personal version of the Phantom Menace. Like I rewrote the Phantom Menace, and I was like, what can I change to make it better? What can I do? You know? And in the climax of of my version of the Phantom Menace, I have a shot like that. 
where I, mm-hmm. I take you through uh, starting from like Jar Jar and the Gungans like through into the city you see the lightsabers you see the queen going after her throne you keep going up into space you see Anakin in the ship and, oh, like, and I, I tried to, to recreate it like based on what I saw in Avengers yeah. and it's pretty cool I'm oh proud. that's awesome man I'm pretty proud of that that's awesome <laughs> I mean yeah it's I, he's all about the one shot and I'm glad you brought that up too because we saw a classic moment from Cap and Iron Man which is Iron Man shoots at the shield and he just yes um, great moment as well uh, but yeah and then uh, we get to see Loki uh, get totally pummeled by the hulk in, in, in such ease um and i love this because we also see thor get a full circle moment where he's uh talking to loki and he's like you give up this pointless dream because through his humility he learned that he's not fit to be a king because he's not ready yeah and now he's telling he's trying to teach loki that you know war is not the way and he's showing him that look at this and then he goes you give up this. Uh, you give up this pointless dream, and he's like, "You give up. Uh, you stop this war." And so you can see that he's changed already. He doesn't enjoy war. He hates it, and he's like, "This is not the way to do it." You see it, and even when he goes for his hammer after getting out of the cell, I feel like he's actually trying to pull it up to him. But then he realizes it's not working, so he actually has to like hesitate, mm. rethink about how he has to do it, and then gets his hand. Yeah, he's got to get back in the group because he's he's in a dark place at that moment. So yeah. He's got to get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So so it's a great scene, and then we get the shot of them. And then, of course, later on, we see all this stuff in Endgame again later on, which is great. But we get the shot of them capturing Loki, which is fun. Um, and then we see Banner and Thor go off together in R&D. You could probably easily make a mo- couple movie scenes from that. Mm. Um Barton and uh, Widow are together there, and then Cap's on his bike. Uh, and again, it's just an overall incredible experience. Then the end credits hit. Boom. And that's when we get the first look at Thanos. Yeah, and now admittedly he does not look great. Um, nope. But <sighs> That is true. In When I saw it for the first time, it was a matinee. I went with my dad. It was a matinee. So it wasn't a huge theater, but it was still a very vocal theater. Yeah. But Thanos did not elicit any kind of reaction from people. I, my dad right away is like, who's that? Right? Yeah. Um, when you went, was there an uproar? No, this? no. Uh, I, I, but at the same time, like you have to understand, only people that, that uh, played... Uh, sorry, only people that read the comic Infinity Gauntlet would know and be excited that it's Thanos. Mm. My brother and I were very excited because we knew yeah. we read that comic. But I knew uh, him from the trading cards. That was, exactly that was right. Like that's the thing. Like you know, you know he's a villain, but at the same time, it's just like it's just it's kind of one of those things. Like okay, but actually, it still didn't occur to me that we were getting an Infinity Gauntlet run. We were just getting Thanos as a villain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then it really just, it started making all these questions of like, okay, they're doing Thanos. Are they doing Infinity Gauntlet? How are they doing Infinity Gauntlet? Have we seen any Infinity Stone? Like that conversation slowly picking up steam with all the evidence that's coming out. So, I mean, a lot of people argue, yeah, I knew it was the Infinity Gauntlet coming for forever now, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, a long time coming, man. That debate, that that debate got a lot of, got a lot of fuel after that. But yeah, so that was the uh, that was the Avengers. The Avengers, and let me we gotta give props to to Alan Silvestri for that Avengers theme. Yes, because that theme has stuck with us, mm-hmm. um, and it is a it has become sort of a Marvel theme mm-hmm. now because it's 
really all-encompassing, but B, I, I think it's worth noting, and this is not good news, but uh, it, it might be, as far as my memory uh, goes here, the only great new movie theme of the decade. Really? Like, between 2010 and now, what other movie themes have come out that have been, like, you know, you had Indiana Jones, you had Jurassic Park, you had Star Wars, you had Superman, you had all these great themes. Yeah. Going into the new millennium, the only other one I can think of was Pirates of the Caribbean, which had a great theme, and now this. Like, what else is there? That's a good point. That's a really good point. I don't know. I don't I, think there is. I, well, it's sad. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait till we get further down the Marvel movies. Maybe we might see something, but you're right. I don't think I've seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. It's a good question. That's a shame because I love I love me some theme music. I'm a I'm a music uh, score guy. Yeah. And uh, I was very happy when I watched this movie that mm. I that right away there was a theme and I recognize it as like this is going to be the Avengers theme. Like this is it right here. Um, and they use it a lot actually yeah. down the road. They still I think they even used it in Endgame at one point. But um, in Endgame and uh, Infinity War, mm-hmm. they kind of skimped out on it in Age of Ultron. I think. But I remember they made a big deal when Infinity War was coming out. Yeah. They're like, yeah, guys, we're bringing back the theme. So it got uh, it got people excited, and rightly so. And now it's it's everywhere. Now it's it's the Marvel theme, more or less. That's right. Yeah. So we had uh, we had we didn't really have any new introduced characters. Oh, yeah, that's right. I put my phone away, but there's still more. Uh, no, to we talk didn't about. have any new introduced characters really. Not Let's that see. I can think about the top of my. No, we had Maria Hill. Maria Hill, yeah. Maria Hill was the. Uh, was the big one, but I don't recognize anybody else. Her cousin's gonna. Well, actually, we just talked Shitari. about a big one. Thanos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had Thanos. Thanos, and then the other. That. Yeah. The other. He's. Uh, he's. A, is that what his name was? The, I think so. Yeah. The yeah. servant. Yeah. The other. Uh, he's a good one. Um, yeah. We didn't really get much. Much other characters than that. Um, and we didn't really need to. No, it was about more than anybody. Shatari, no major characters died. I mean, Shatari died in terms of a lot of a lot of Shataris, but who's to say who's to say they're all dead? Yeah, I mean, unless there like if there was a specific Shatari named like Frank, I I care about Frank. I'll put him in here. Yeah, no, no. Other than that, yeah, there was Coulson. Coulson Um, died. Yeah, where Phil P P Phil Coulson. So Phil Coulson is in. Uh, and that's why I asked you, like, if you would consider canon with Agents of Shield, because mm-hmm. if you would, I would, I would feel iffy about putting him in the cemetery. No, no, yeah, but, I would, uh, I would, I would not count Agents of Shield. I don't yeah. think even Disney is counting Agents of the Shield or Kevin Feige. Yeah, I think it's just it was what it was for now. But mm-hmm. I feel like these Disney Plus shows are kind of what they wanted it to be. Yeah. So we'll see what they do there. So I'm putting Coulson in the cemetery. He's got a plot there next to Doctor Erskine, Jensen, Ironmonger. And Whiplash. Sounds good. And we just avenged. The Avengers. That's what we just did. That's right. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. You know, that that's that's what we call ourselves now. <laughs> um, that was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of the, the 21st century. I'm just going to Absolutely. Oh, oh, and also we didn't talk about it real quick because we blitzed through it, but they also mentioned this Budapest mission. Yes. A lot. We do remember Budapest very differently. So I think it's safe to say that you and I are both giving this an infinity gauntlet. No, I'm giving it one gem. No, <laughs> no, 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 yes. I would definitely give it a gauntlet because, again, 
We worked hard for it. Yeah. We got we got a movie. We, though we were expecting it, we got something we weren't expecting. Like just the scale of it. It was yes. epic. And it was just a well thought out and a well told story. And we did, man. I think you I think you actually though I would have loved to have kept you, I think you stayed on like just for the right right movies. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I mean you did a great you built the foundation and the Russos went the distance. Yeah. Like it was just perfect. And it's uh what a foundation it was. Absolutely. Because how many franchises um, like we can ex- even though it hasn't been announced we can expect an Avengers 5 in the near future I don't think we will you don't think we will no. like I'm thinking within like six years mm, okay yeah six years yeah. yeah but I don't think we're gonna get a, a movie titled The Avengers really yeah interesting my brother and I were talking about it and it's like how do you top Endgame and call it The Avengers because call it Avengers Annihilation you get Leslie Bibb as Amaya slash Christina Everhart, and there you go. Uh, your uncle. No, but no, that, no. That's uh, we'll talk about that more in Endgame because I feel yeah. like there's there's some good spots. Well, yeah, we have we have some good discussion yeah. to go there. But um, wow, we we made it to we made it through phase one. That's phase one. Yeah, that's phase one. Only yep. nineteen more phases to go. No, wait, my math is a little off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's a lot more coming. Um, I'm excited for the next one. I am very Once we get too. past the first two, it's going to be just pure gold after that. And there's a lot about phase two that I don't remember, so I'm, I'm so excited to go back in there. We have to... Know. So the next episode, the next two we have to watch, unless we're going to do... I really want to do three just because I want to get past the first two and then watch like a really good one. But the first two we have to watch is Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World. But that's perfect because it's out of the way and then it's just smooth just honestly after that no no bad films after that after that it's like candy in our eyes it's just yeah it's just incredible oh boy like the hulk himself well it is it is 2 30 a.m but that's how much we love (sighs) marvel is we're we're that's how much that's much i love you man that's how much i love you no i love you we are the avengers yeah we're the avengers we're gonna hook it up we're the avengers we're earth's mightiest heroes you and and you guys out there listening you are earth's mightiest heroes too for for putting up with us for however long this was um ryan tell them where they can find you when you're not avenging the earth well andrew you can find me at uh on instagram at ryan rngc and that is also my Twitter one. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on a podcast known as Brother Scrim with my brother Nick. And then you can find me on uh, mixer.com forward slash Xbox Canada, where we've also found you. But where else can we find your face Ooh. and name? You can find me in uh, with Ryan in Budapest. But uh, if you ask us, we'll remember very different details. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, other than that, I'm on the the Rebel Scum Podcast Network, which I keep for. We did three episodes tonight, and I keep forgetting at the top of the show. Like, James has told me to tell you to like, subscribe, and join our Patreon. That's it, because Ooh. we have exclusive shows on Patreon that you can't find anywhere else, and they are pretty fun shows. I'm not to toot my own horn, but I'm proud of those shows. They're pretty great. Yeah, and you get to hear us talk about Marvel as well um and then you can see me on my channel andrew fantasia the youtube channel where i review movies and tv shows and books sometimes i love that show uh it's so good it's not as good as cheers and murphy brown but it gets the job done (laughs) but that was the avengers that was phase one of infinity rewatch thank you everybody thank you ryan thanks for joining me on this quest this is awesome it's the dream oh it is the dream you're right it's not a dream it's the dream uh we'll see you guys next time for phase two until then Have a marvelous day.